little Johnny was misbehaving in church one Sunday morning, and uh, he was having a hard time, and later that afternoon, his uh, continued misbehaving, and so his mom sent him to his room, and uh, after a while of spending time in his room by himself, he came out of his room, and he, he said, Mom, he said, I want to let you know I have thought things over, and I even said a prayer. And the mom said, well, that is great, son. That is so great. Uh, if you prayed and asked God to help you behave, he will do it. And little Johnny said, oh, mom, he said, I didn't ask God to help me behave. I asked God to help you put up with me. <laughs> Prayer is simply talking with God. Prayer is making time to get along with God so that we can present our requests and needs to God and so we can present the requests and needs of our brothers and sisters in Christ to God. Prayer also involves listening to God, waiting on God, and watching for God to answer our prayers. As David wrote in Psalm 5 and verse 3, At daybreak, Lord, you hear my voice. At daybreak, I plead my case to you, and watch expectantly. We watch expectantly for God to answer our prayers because God has promised he will answer our prayers according to his will for us, which is always best for us. And so we're going to continue looking at this all-important discipline and privilege of prayer this morning for us as we seek to continue walking uh, out our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So if you have your Bibles with you, open them to the New Testament book of Philippians chapter 4. We'll start there. We'll kind of move around a little bit. I will actually hit a couple of different passages before we get right into there in Philippians chapter 4. So if you'll get to Philippians chapter 4, you'll, you'll be good. You'll be in good uh, spot as we begin our study this morning. Uh, we are continuing our sermon series on prayer. We have a lifeline to God through prayer. We understand and realize that we get God's help to live God's way as we pray day by day. Prayer helps us communicate with God. Prayer helps us focus our minds on God. Prayer helps us grow in our faith in God. Prayer helps us receive blessings from God. Prayer helps us understand the will of God. Prayer helps us to witness to others for God. Prayer is best for us and all those around us, so it should come as no surprise to us that our enemy Satan will do whatever he can to keep us from prayer. Thankfully, we have the victory over our enemy Satan by our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and we walk in our victory in Jesus day by day as we pray. The Apostle Paul wrote, Philippians to the believers of the church in Philippi years ago, and the truth that he shared is still relevant for us today. The Apostle Paul, he understood prayer. He believed in prayer. He taught about prayer, but most importantly, he prayed. If you look in Philippians chapter 1, just turn to your left a page or two to chapter 1, in verse 3, as he was introducing this book to the church at Philippi, he prayed. In verse 1 of Philippians, chapter 1, verse 3, I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you, always praying with you, praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Paul prayed for these believers at the church in Philippi. 
Paul prayed for them because he loved them. Whether Paul was with them or far away from them, Paul prayed faithfully for them. And one of the ways that we are able to show others and tell others that we love them is as we pray for them. Whether we are with others or far away from others, we can always pray faithfully for others. And we understand how important this is in our day-to-day lives as we walk out our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And in Philippians chapter 4, turn now back to Philippians chapter 4. In this final chapter, Paul shared a timeless truth about prayer. I mean, Paul shared one of these timeless truths from God's word about prayer in this chapter 4, in this chapter that ends the book of Philippians, a, a chapter full of practical instructions for us to live out our faith and trust in Christ Jesus and how we live out the doctrine that we know uh, as we show that doctrine through our day-to-day lives. He shared a powerful, timeless principle of truth from God's word about prayer that we need to practice as we live for Jesus today. It's found in Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. And Paul wrote these words, Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This is a familiar passage to many Christ followers. This is a favorite passage of many Christ followers. I believe this is also a forgotten passage by many Christ followers. Instead of worrying about nothing and praying about everything, oftentimes we worry about everything and pray about nothing. Worry and anxiety and fear and stress are formidable foes for us as we seek to live our lives for Christ Jesus day by day. I like what one pastor said. He said, worry is like a rocking chair. It'll give you something to do, but it won't get you very far. And we know that's certainly true. And not only was Paul clear here in this passage about prayer and about worry and about what we need to do in these situations as we live for Christ Jesus, which we'll focus in on here in just a moment. But Jesus was clear in his teaching on prayer. In Matthew chapter 6, as we look at the Sermon on the Mount, if you want to jot this down, you can jot this address down. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 and 26. If you want to turn there real quick, you can. Matthew 25 and 26, in chapter 6, Jesus was speaking about prayer. And this is what Jesus said. This is why I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? In other words, Jesus is telling us, reminding us, affirming to us, That God loves us and God will take care of us, so don't worry. God loves us, God knows us, God will take care of us, so don't worry. 
And though we understand that God loves us, and though we understand that that God will take care of us, and though we see those promises from God all throughout his word, and though we understand those promises that we've seen in God's word and how they've played out in our day-to-day lives, there are still times, though we can actually testify that God loves us and that God sees us and God takes care of us, there are still times where we struggle with worry and anxiety. Three things that we tend to worry about the most. Number one, things that never happen. A majority of the things that we worry about are actually things that more often than not never happen. It's like an older gentleman was asked a question one day, what has stolen your joy the most in life? And he said, things that never happen. There will be some that say, well, that's because he worried about them. Because he worried about them, they didn't happen. And we understand and realize that that's not true at all. One of the things that we worry about the most, which really makes no sense, is things that never happen. A second is things that already happen. The words and the actions and the mistakes of our past can haunt us today. Cause us to worry in the present about stuff in the past. That's why Paul told us in Philippians chapter 3 that the one thing that he strives to do is to forget what is behind him so that he can reach out and strain toward what is ahead of him in Christ Jesus. What Paul was saying, that there is nothing that compares the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Paul was saying God will handle our past and he'll give us hope today as we trust in him day by day. And then the third thing that we tend to worry about are things that we have no control over. Worry is a waste of the time that God has given us because we have so little control over things in our lives. We often worry about other people our circumstances, tomorrow, yesterday. And we don't have any control over any of these. And so we understand and realize that worry is a waste of the time that God gives us. The good news is God has given us an antidote to worry. God's solution, and it's guaranteed to worry and anxiety, is prayer. It's prayer. And this is what Paul is reminding us of here in this fourth chapter of Philippians. It's prayer. And Paul begins in verse 6. And we'll now look at, these, look at these verses and take them apart piece by piece. Paul starts and says, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. First we know Paul echoed Jesus' words here. Jesus said, don't worry. Paul now is saying, don't worry So Paul is simply echoing the words that Jesus shared. Don't worry is a present active imperative. That means it is a command for us to obey today and every day. It's not a suggestion to consider. It's a command to obey. Worry in the original language comes from the word marinao. And that means anxious concern or anxious care. It literally means to divide in two directions to divide in different directions it's like a a mental tug of war it means to pull apart that word worry means to pull apart so we know worry divides our minds in different directions worry and anxiety pulls our minds and thoughts away from blessings to burdens Away from faith to fear, away from peace to panic, away from God's truth to lies. Worry and anxiety 
when we begin to dwell on those things and we give in to worry and anxiety, it begins that middle tug of war in our mind that pulls us away from all the truths that we know that God loves us, that God takes care of us, that God's watching over us, that God will provide for us. It pulls us apart from those truths and leads us into panic and, and fear and, and worry and all these negative things that our enemy desires were our minds to focus in on and to remain on a day-by-day basis because that makes us ineffective in living for Christ and focusing on Christ and being a witness for Christ. So Paul here said, don't worry about anything. And don't worry about anything means don't worry about anything. Three reasons that we don't need to worry. Number one, worry is a sin. Worry is a sin. When we worry, we sin against God because Jesus said, don't worry. Paul said, don't worry. So when we worry, we sin against the Lord. Worry is actually, at its base, a lack of faith and trust in God to take care of us. Worry is simply a lack of faith and trust in God to do what God says he will do, to be who God says he will be for us. And so we understand that we don't need to worry because, first and foremost, it's sin. Secondly, worry doesn't work. Worry doesn't help us in any way. When you stop and think about it, worry and anxiety doesn't help us in any way. Worry doesn't add any time to our day. Worry and anxiety doesn't add any wisdom to our minds. Worry and anxiety doesn't add any size or strength to our bodies. Worry doesn't work. It doesn't help us at all. A third reason we don't need to worry is because the Lord is near. Look at verse 5 in chapter 4. Leading into this passage in verses 6 and 7, Paul said these words, let your graciousness be evident to everyone. Here it is, these four words, the Lord is near. Say that with me. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. There's no mistake as to why Paul shared That simple statement before he led into verses 6 and verses 7. The Lord is near. There is nothing that we have to worry about. There is nothing that we have to be anxious about because the Lord is near. That means God sees us. God knows us. God hears us. God does what's best for us as we walk out our faith in him day by day as he continues his work in us day by day. The Lord is near us, which makes sense because of all the other truths that Paul has shared with us in chapters 1, 2, and 3 here in the book of Philippians. The Lord is near. The Lord is near you. The Lord is near me, even in this very moment. The Lord is near us every step we take, every single day. The Lord is near when we put our heads down to rest in the evening. The Lord is near. We understand the Lord is with us by his Holy Spirit in us. There is never a time or a place that we will find ourselves that the Lord is not near us. Now this ministered to Paul. This truth that the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to share was was one that actually ministered to Paul and blessed Paul. Because we know and understand that Paul wrote Philippians from a prison cell. So as Paul's writing these words, he is in prison. So we know Paul understood and Paul relied on the nearness of the Lord moment by moment, step by step, day by day. That was a truth that ministered to him. 
everywhere he went and ministered. The believers of the church in Philippi, they needed to understand. They needed to rely on the nearness of the Lord at all times, which is what Paul was encouraging them to understand, that at all times the Lord is near, but they also needed to rely on the nearness of the Lord in times of difficulty, in times of trial, in times of suffering for the name of Jesus. Because there will be times of trial and difficulty, and there will be times where we suffer for the name of Jesus. He said in Philippians chapter 1, look at Philippians chapter 1 and verse 29. Just as a reference point, Philippians 1 and verse 29, Paul said this to these believers, for it has been given to you on Christ's behalf, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Now you can imagine as they began to read this, for it has been given to you on Christ's behalf, not only to believe in him, yes, yes, but also to suffer for him, boo. The Lord is near. He empowers and enables us to believe in him, to live for him, to trust in him, to walk with him. The Lord is near in times of suffering. The Lord is near in those times of difficulty. And he empowers us to take those steps that we know in and of our own strength we can't take. He empowers us to continue going when we know in and of ourselves we have no desire or ability to keep on going. The the Lord is near. He is near to you and he's near to me. This is an important reminder to us. The Lord is near is an important reminder to us because worry, when we worry, worry leads us to believe the Lord is not near. Worry leads us to believe that the Lord is not near and if we can pass that temptation, worry then leads us to believe, if we believe the Lord is near, then worry leads us to believe that God doesn't love us or care about us because he's not doing anything to help us. And so it's important for us, just like it was for Paul and just like it was for these believers, to understand and realize the Lord is near at all times. And not only is he near at all times, but he is also continuing his work in us and around us and through us for his honor and his glory. Paul understood this. Paul knew that the Lord was near him. Paul actually said in chapter 1, he said, actually, the truth of the matter is my chains have actually served to motivate the brothers and sisters in Christ even more to be more bold in their witnessing for Jesus. So what these folks were thinking was going to quiet me, what they were thinking was going to confine me, what they were thinking was going to be able to effectively shut off the gospel's expansion, Paul said these chains have actually done the exact opposite because the Lord is near and his word has continued going forth and now soldiers are getting saved and others are hearing about Jesus that may not have heard about him in any other way had I not been put in prison. And oh yeah, by the way, the brothers who are outside and still free, they're now emboldened to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because the Lord is near them, and they know the Lord is near me in this time of trial. And so we understand again today that the Lord is near. Therefore, we have nothing to worry about. And so we look back at verse 6, and we see, don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 
Don't worry about anything. And Paul continued to say, but in everything. Everything means everything. In any and all things, no matter how great or how small the matter may be to you or to someone else, we need to pray. There is nothing off limits and there is no one off limits for us to take to God in prayer. There is not a matter too small or too great or any point in between. We need to pray in everything. Pray about everything. Don't need to worry about anything, but in everything, at every opportunity, every moment, we need to begin to pray. Jesus encouraged us to do this. Back in the Sermon on the Mount, we know that Jesus said, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. Keep on praying. He said, but in everything, through prayer and petition, through prayer and petitions, So let's look at those words. Prayer here in this verse, verse 6, is the common word used in the New Testament for prayer to God. And and what Paul is saying is when he says through prayer, that means as we pray to God, we are to pray uh, to God with adoration and worship of God. As we pray to God, we're to pray to God with adoration and worship of God. That's just our day-to-day prayers and communicating with the Lord. He says prayers and petitions. Petitions means supplications. It means to beg. It means to long for. Petitions means to, to cry out to God, to pray to God with urgency. It means to cry out to God, to meet our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So there's a little bit more urgency. Uh, there's a little bit more passion not that there's no passion or urgency with prayers in the original meaning of the word, but there's, there's certainly more urgency and more passion in the petition aspect. There are times in our lives where we petition the Lord. Times when we have to petition Him. We may not have a, a whole lot of time to go in any other direction in regards to prayer. We may not have a, not a whole lot of time to, to consider and to cry out to God and to worship God and to adore God. And to confess to God and to thank God, we may need to immediately go to God with that petition and pray. And we know and understand that that's also a part of praying in everything. Prayer and petition. Again, as we learned last week from Jesus' teaching, all of our prayers and petitions should be offered in every occasion from a humble heart. From a humble heart of gratitude to the Lord. Which leads us, then he says, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. It is so important for us to pray, and as we pray, to thank God for the privilege of prayer. One of the things that may get forgotten at times, and it's easy for us to forget at times, is when we're spending time with the Lord in prayer, is to thank God. To spend time thanking God for the privilege of prayer. To spend time thanking God for all the blessings that we have through prayer. We thank God for Jesus in whose name we pray. We thank God he hears and answers our prayers. We thank God his answers are always best for us. We thank God he loves us and he's near us. We thank God that he's watching over us and that he is working in us. We thank God that his work in us is always best for us. We thank God that we have really truly nothing to worry about because he is near and he is in charge. He is in control. We thank God for all of these blessings that we see all throughout the world and in our lives. We of everyone, as followers of Jesus Christ, should overflow with thankfulness. Of everyone, we have so much to be thankful for, and we have much to be thankful for no matter what the circumstance or situation may be. 
That's why Paul later told the believers in the church in Thessalonica, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Paul understood and realized we can give thanks in all circumstances. We always have things that we can be thankful for. And so when we're focusing in on prayer and we go through times and, and seasons where you think, well, I just don't know what to pray. I, I don't seem to have a lot to, to pray for. Well, okay, if you don't have a lot of needs that, that you're presenting to the Lord, praise him for his blessings and that season of blessing in your life. If you don't have a lot of needs that you're bringing to him uh, on behalf of others, then you can praise God that others are, are blessed and are doing well with the Lord. But you can certainly spend plenty of time thanking God for those blessings. Thanking God for all of the many blessings that he has bestowed upon you. He says then, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Here is another command for us to pray. Let your request be made known to God as a, a present imperative. It's a command for us to pray. What Paul is saying is don't give up. Don't quit. Keep on praying. Keep on praying, keep on praying, keep on praying. For yourself, for others, keep on praying. And then he says in verse seven, and the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. As we pray, what happens is God replaces our worries and our anxieties with his peace. As we pray and as we cast our cares on the Lord, that means as we sincerely bow before the Lord, as we sincerely pray and as we present those things that are creating worry in our hearts and our minds, and one of the things that we need to discipline ourselves to do is in those moments, and these moments happen all throughout our day, in those moments when we are tempted to worry, when we are tempted to be anxious, when we are tempted to think, oh no, did I say something wrong? Did I do something wrong? Oh, I hope this didn't happen. I hope that didn't happen. I hope this isn't going to happen. What about that happens? Or if this happens and that happens, then what about what's going to happen here? In those moments, and there are many throughout the day, when we're tempted to worry, we immediately need to stop and pray. We need to begin to pray. God, I'm, I want you to just take these thoughts. I want you to take these worries. I want you to take these anxious concerns. God, I know the enemy is trying to tempt me. He's trying to draw me off sides and to get me to believe that you're not going to take care of everything, that you're not on your throne. And I know you are on your throne and I know you are going to take care of everything. And so God, I give you these thoughts and I give you uh, these points that he's trying to bring up to me. And Father God, I pray that you would just replace them with your peace. And as we pray, God replaces our worries with his peace. His peace. And then we see this peace of God. What is the peace of God? The peace of God is the inner calm and harmony. It's the inner calm and harmony we have with God by faith in Jesus that lets us know we're okay and everything's going to be okay because there is no one or nothing greater than our God. It's the peace of God. That's the calm. That's the assurance. That's the harmony we have with God by our faith in Christ Jesus. We know we are one with God by faith in Christ Jesus. We know because of our faith in God. We know because we are right with God in Christ Jesus. We know that we're going to be okay. We know that no matter what happens, we're going to be okay either way because no one or nothing is greater than our God. Therefore, there is nothing that can happen to us that is going to be outside God's ability to take care of us. And what God has for us is best for us. 
And so we understand and realize this peace of God, it surpasses every thought. What does that mean? It means it surpasses every thought. It transcends all our understanding. The peace of God, when matched up with the temptation to worry. The peace of God, when matched up with the temptation to be anxious. The peace of God, when matched up with the temptation to live in fear and stress about the things that may happen or that have happened or that we're worried will happen next week or the week after next. The peace of God will crush every one of those thoughts. The peace of God is greater than those thoughts. The peace of God is greater than any temptation that the enemy is trying to get us to believe that God is not able or God will not take care of us. It's greater than all those thoughts. So how do we allow and see those thoughts get crushed by the peace of God? Pray. Pray. Pray about that. And we see that this peace of God just begins to eliminate those worries and anxieties and the temptation to fear and stress. It's like someone I was talking to recently said, well, I'm really anxious. I'm really stressed. I said, about what? And they said, Oh, I'm anxious or stressed about this situation. I said, well, when was that situation going to happen? Oh, they said in a week or two. I said, now what sense does that make? You just said you are stressed and anxious about something that is a week or two weeks away. That is exactly what the enemy wants. He wants to steal your joy a week or two weeks or three weeks ahead of time about something that more than likely is not even going to happen. We need to pray. Prayer, that prayer releases the peace of God. And then Paul said the peace of God guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So as we pray, God replaces our worries and anxieties with his peace. His peace is greater than any of those sinful thoughts that the enemy is trying to tempt us to give into. His peace then stands guard is what that literally means it stands guard like a soldier uh in front of a a cell where there's a prisoner being kept the peace of god stands guard over our hearts and our minds and keeps the intruders of worry and anxiety and fear and stress out of our hearts and minds literally stands guard and keeps those intruders those unwanted intruders out of our hearts and minds. Paul knew what it was to be guarded because he was in prison a lot. He was in prison as he was writing these words. Paul was in and out of prison a lot. So Paul had spent time with guards. Paul had spent time being guarded. Paul had spent time talking with guards. Paul had spent time observing guards. And so Paul understood and used this imagery to help us get a glimpse of the power of God's peace. The power of his peace. You see, worry and anxiety and fear and stress try to literally lock us away. It tries to lock us away from God and his truth. And so when we pray, the peace of God 
It demolishes those fears and those anxieties and those worries, and the peace of God stands guard over our hearts and minds. And anytime those, those worries, anytime those, those anxieties, anytime those anxious thoughts or the, the temptation to fear or to give in to stress comes knocking on the door of our minds, the peace of God says, not going to happen. Not going to happen. And that then frees us to live in the victory that is ours in Christ Jesus. See, what Paul is telling us is we don't have to worry about who or what is outside of us because we have the peace of God inside of us. And as we pray, the Holy Spirit of God fills us with the peace of God, which then helps to stand guard over our hearts and minds. And so we see that there are multiple benefits here to prayer. Just in this simple passage, there are multiple benefits to prayer. Let's look at a few of these benefits that we see to prayer here in this passage. Number one, prayer fills us with God's peace. Prayer fills us with God's peace. We see it here. We have the peace of God because we have peace with God by faith in Jesus. We have the peace of God in our lives because we have peace with God by faith in Christ Jesus. And so we know Jesus himself said, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Jesus said, I'm literally giving you my peace. And the peace that Jesus gives us is helpful, it's personal, it's powerful, it's reliable. It's reliable. And then the second thing we see is prayer helps us think God's way. Look at what we see here in verse 8. Let's look at the next verse that comes off of this passage about prayer. He says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence and if there is any praise, dwell on these things. Say that with me. Dwell on these things. Your, your translation may read, think about these things. So here's what happens. As we pray, God fills our minds with his peace, which keeps worry away. As we pray, then we find here what Paul has told us. As we pray, God fills us with his peace, which protects our minds, guards our thoughts, and frees us to think God's way. Thinking God's way means thinking according to the truth of God's word. Thinking God's way means dwelling on these things. Because when you look at these things in verse 8, if you look, what we find is God and the truth of his word is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, and praiseworthy. God and the truth of his word are all those things. And so as we pray... We are filled with God's peace. And as we pray, then we are able to think God's way. We're able to stop thinking about those temptations to worry and to be anxious and to be fearful and to be stressed out. Why? Because we're thinking God's way. We're thinking about the truth of his word. We're thinking about how God is watching over us, how God is taking care of us. We're able to think and remember what Paul has already said in Philippians. Paul said, I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on the completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Paul said, for to me to live as Christ and to die is gain. Paul said, for God is the one who is at work in you to will and to act according to his good purpose." 
Therefore, we don't have to do anything with complaining or grumbling because it's the Lord who is at work in us. Paul has told us that there is nothing that surpasses the knowledge and the understanding and the glory and the beauty of knowing Christ Jesus, our Lord. And for his sake, we are able to lose all things. We know and understand our citizenship is in heaven and we can eagerly await the Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul told us that God will meet all our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Man, I tell you, when we pray, that peace is released in us, enabling us to think God's way. And when the enemy starts bombing our minds with his lies, the truth of God's word demolishes those lies and enables us to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ Jesus. And as we take those thoughts captive, we're able to walk in the victory that's ours in Christ. Confident, not in ourselves, but in Christ Jesus. Knowing that God is with us. He's going before us. He's with us. He's going behind us. And he will take care of us. And he will empower us. And in those times of trial, in those times of suffering, and they're going to come because we see they came for Jesus. They came for Paul, Peter, all the heroes in the scriptures, all the men and women who have gone before us. They would all testify the same thing to us. There are going to be amazing mountaintops. And you're going to get to see God do amazing things that you would never be able to see happen apart from God. But understand and realize there's going to be some trials. and There's going to be some tests. And there's going to be some times of suffering. It's all meant for the good because God's using all of it to make us more like Jesus. And he's with us. And he enables us to keep our minds on those truths. When we're hurting inside and when we feel sorrow and we feel loss, and we feel alone, it's the Lord that reminds us through the truth of his word. And he says, hey, I am near. I am near. No matter who else is around you, I'm near you. And I love you. And I have a plan for you. And I am with you. And I will never leave you. I will never leave you. It allows us to think God's way. Which then obviously we see a third benefit is prayer allows us to feel God's ways. As we pray, the peace of God fills our hearts and our minds protects our hearts and our minds. And not only does the peace of God guard our minds, which helps us to think God's way, but the peace of God guards our hearts. He says guards our hearts and minds. Guards our hearts in Christ Jesus. And so we see the more we pray, the more we're able not only to think God's way, but feel God's way and understand and realize worry and anxiety and fear and stress cause us to feel ways that are very detrimental to our spiritual, emotional, and physical health. Very detrimental, which is exactly why our enemy wants to tie us to worry, anxiety, fear, and stress. Why? Because he's the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he knows worry and anxiety is an inside job. Worry and anxiety is one of those sins that is an inside job that wreaks havoc inside us. But the troubling part is it doesn't ever stay inside us. It comes out of us, generally at those around us. Because when we are focused in on worry and anxiety and fear and stress. We're not thinking God's ways. And we're not certainly feeling God's ways because we're feeling all of that stress and anxiety and worry. And what happens is 
we're feeling and thinking those ways, and it's going to come out. And it's going to come out on those who are close to us. And it's not going to be pretty when it does. Which is why Paul is saying, don't worry about anything. Pray. Pray about everything. And then the fourth benefit is prayer helps us live God's way. Look at what he says in verse 9. Do what you have heard and received and heard and seen in me. Do what you've learned and received and heard and seen in me. And the God of peace will be with you. Say that with me. And the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you and me. He said do. And do literally means do. means live it out. The more we pray, the more we're able to live God's way. The more God empowers us to live his way. God wants us to live what we learn. And so the more we pray, the more we think God's ways, which allows us to feel God's ways, which when we're thinking and feeling God's ways, we're going to act God's ways, which allows us then to be a blessing to others around us. When we are thinking and feeling God's ways, we live God's ways, we act God's ways, which blesses us and those around us. When we're not thinking God's way and feeling God's way, when they're clearly not going to act God's way, which causes us to be a burden to those around us. So it's so vitally important as we see here, just in these two short verses, verses six and seven, the amazing benefits that come to us in any and all situations. And we're going to continue looking at specific situations throughout the word in the weeks to come. And in any and all those situations, the clear truth is don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. The peace of God transcends all understanding, surpasses our every thought, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Corey Tim Boom was a Christ follower years and years ago who struggled with worry and anxiety and fear, stress, and she got the victory over worry, anxiety, and fear and stress in her life and, and spoke and wrote about it. Corey Tim Boom was a Christ follower who God used years ago, to rescue countless numbers of Jews during the Holocaust during World War II. She did this as she would rescue them and she would hide them in her house and would provide refuge and safety. She was caught for her actions and she was imprisoned, spent years concentration camp, battling each day, each moment of each day with worry and anxiety and fear. And she gained the victory. She was able to summarize kind of her journey in a very simple, short manner that allowed her to gain that victory over worry. And and she simply said, look around you and you will be distressed. Look inside you, and you will be depressed. Look to Jesus, and you will be at rest. Look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and you will be at rest. Look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and you will not grow weary and lose heart. Look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and you will be able to think 
his ways and feel his ways and live his ways, which will allow you to feel his blessings and then to be a vessel of his blessings to others. As someone once said, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. And we trust our unknown future to our known God as we pray. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Our worship team is going to come.